Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's up, y'all? You guys doing okay this morning? Check it out. You know, I am married to an amazing woman named Crystal, and uh, she's first generation. Um, from Mexico, and they have these huge farms that her family are a part of down in Florida that I got to visit uh, the other year. I got to go down there and see acres upon acres of acres of flat, black, black soil down in Belle Glade, Florida, where they would grow romaine, radishes, they would grow different types of crops that go across the whole nation and even world, and it was so fascinating because as far as my eye could look was as far as the crops went and there was no electrical wires in fact there was quite a security process when I walked in just to even get past the gate so I was there with her uh, dad which is my father-in-law and we're going through the gate and I give my ID and everything so yeah I mean it's a process right and we're going back there and and his brother uh, is one of the the main people who oversees it and so we're going right there getting to see where people are actually harvesting the crops and they're working all day long And and, and there was such attention to detail to make sure the crop came out exactly right and so they would constantly be tending the crop to make sure things are right and you one little error in fact there's sometimes certain spots had been contaminated for whatever reason and it could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars I've been thinking this whole week about today's message and today's message isn't a message but it is really like a heart surgery it's a tending it's a it cuts to the deepest part of your soul because God is constantly wanting us to have the right crop. And too often, our soil is contaminated because we're just not given the attention it requires. And everything in life screams attention, right? The crops scream attention. Um, building screen, give attention. You want someone when they're driving to pay attention. When you go to the doctor's office, you want them to pay attention. But in our spiritual lives, too often we fall asleep just a little bit. For some of us, we have actually walked in a state of, we're like zombies. We've been in slumber so far that we're like hypnotized and we're so callous to the things of God because we can't even feel him anymore. We just don't, we don't even know where he's at. Because that's the walls we've built up because of our sin patterns and our nature and our issues. And our land has gotten really hardened. And if we don't take care of it, it doesn't produce the same things. We have this little, I live right in the city, and we have this little plot of land next door to us. It's kind of an anomaly because there's this um, uh, kind of like, I don't know, maybe two acres. I'm not good at that kind of stuff, right? So two acres, and there's this little lady that had this hat. She was a little Asian lady, had this hat. Like, you know, remember Raiden from Mortal Kombat? She looked like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Small, petite. She had this, it was really cool. She had this, she'd work on it all day, and she'd just be there all day long. And I always wanted to stop. And then just last year, I noticed, man, that, 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 that area, plot of land, is not getting worked on. It's getting no attention anymore. And uh, she, she had passed. She's uh, not taking care of the property anymore. And now it, there's just, it's just overgrowing weeds, and it's just not really being attended to. I actually talked to the property owner, and he's like, yeah, if somebody wants to take care of that land, I would probably let him, I'd just let them grow stuff. And it was just a labor of love. It was a friend of the family, and she was always here and growing it. And I've been thinking about my life. I've been thinking about your life. And I think that is the imagery 
that is so perfect for our spiritual lives and just our individual lives and everyday life is too often we just quit tilling the land and we just walk away and we go just walk in our own patterns in our own ways but we planted raspberries if you will and then we go back and we find bugs and we find the crops destroyed no one plants raspberries hoping that their crop's going to be destroyed. And no one starts walking with Jesus hoping that their life would be so suffocated and choked and that they would be in relationships. They'd find themselves drinking. They'd find themselves saying things. They'd find themselves swearing. They'd find themselves just anger. They'd find themselves just consumed with this vengeance of the world and idols in their heart. No one wanted to end up that way, but that's where many of us are even at today and many of us have found ourselves over time and it takes for us to just be honest because if it goes unchecked, if it goes untended, it will get um, unmanageable and then we need some serious intervention and that's what happens in life, right? You see people at their lowest moment, now there's like an intervention moment where we need a wake-up call and I pray today is a wake-up call for people. I pray it is a powerful impact in our spirit that makes us come alive for something greater. That we're not here today to play church, we're not here to act like we got some cool mask. We're not here to act like we're celebrities or anything sweet. We're here to say, you know what? I'm a real person. I got real issues. You're a real person. You've got real issues. And you know what? Let's take our eyes off each other for a minute. Let's just take our eyes off our own guard. Let's look up to him and let's watch how he can work on us as we tend to keep our life on track. This verse right here in Psalm 139, I've been praying this. And I want us to pray it this morning. It says this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart's careful what you pray for because God hears try me and know my thoughts and see if there is by any grievous, grievous meaning wicked or idols in our heart and idols meaning anything that's above God so that's a pretty high standard right, see if there is any if there by any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting we have to think for a minute just who in the world we're talking to this morning who in the world I'm preaching about? I'm preaching about the one that convicts me when I'm in my car, the one that inspires me when I'm in my car, when I'm working by myself and you're not there, and the one that has reached me at my lowest places. And it's been from prayers like this, like, okay, search me, God. This whole week has felt like he's been doing heart surgery. Just search me. Search my motives. Because the big things, they're easy to call out, right? Like if someone's got a gun and they're going to go kill some people, it's like, dude, what? that is not cool, man. You're like evil but what about the subtle things that we can't see like pride unforgiveness resentment it creeps in so quick or even laziness like God gave us his son that pursued us when we were enemies it's the enemy love that's what the story of the gospel is the story of the gospel is the good news that when you were at your worst state, God gave you his best. And that when you were at your best, you weren't good enough, so it equals us all in the same playing field. It's, it's pretty humbling, but it's also super liberating. It is so freeing to know that you and I, at the end of the day, it's not our metric that we're comparing ourselves to each other. So just quit the comparison game today. Quit the lack of not having identity. Quit it today. Quit all these things that have been coming in and let's just ask God to search our hearts. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that you would search us. It's prayers like this that have changed the trajectory of my life forever. When I said, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. God, I give up. 
the very moment when we feel like, uh, like we just like can't go anymore is the very moment that we realize that we just should just, just say, in my weakness, you are made perfect. So God, we ask for you to examine us today because you're way better at this thing than us. You created the universe and you're working things out and there's an epic battle between good and evil, but ultimately you win and you've displayed what pain looks like and redemption looks like through Jesus. That you didn't spare your son, but that you gave him for me. You gave them for every person here that we would have forgiveness in him. God, birth that freedom today in our lives and in our hearts. And I pray that you would uh, cut us to the very core. Even the small things that aren't like you, get it out, God. We don't want to be unclean. We don't want our crop to be destroyed. We don't, we want to be led to the garden of life today. We want to drink from the almighty living fountain. You, Jesus, praise God. God, I can feel the tension even in your children's hearts that, that they come in this place, some like still trying to even figure out like what is this Jesus thing? Some others are just like, man, I come in this place so convicted. Some feel so condemned and there's, there's like tremors and God, I pray that you would break it, shake it off, take the shackles off, break down the walls and let them not meet an organization. Let them not meet some religious set of rules, but let them meet your son in the glory of your kingdom manifested through perfect love through him that loves us. And we pray this through your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's just my introduction. Is that cool? God is doing something unique this morning. You know, the roots, root one, seed, Jesus buries his life so that we can have life. That's root one. Root two was the source. We have new life. What do we do with it? We need to feed. We got to constantly grow. We need the Bible, we need prayer, we need worship. Root three, we need each other. When we live by ourselves, when we think we're Rambo, we don't survive well. When we think we're the Lone Ranger Christian, when we're on our little island, it doesn't end well and we seek our own ways and it ends in destruction. There's a Chinese proverb that says the idle mind is the devil's workshop. And that's kind of what it's like. Like we're over there by ourselves, king of our own throne. That's root three. That's why we need each other, the local community, community of faith, the church, not a building, but the people. And then root four was bearing fruit. Like, what do we do with this new life? Obviously, it manifests into good fruit. As we abide with Jesus in the source, we now bear fruit that's in Him. And it's really, really cool. And now, five, is an art. This is an art that you can turn off. This is an art that you can fake and you don't have to let people see. You don't have to let people know about because you can actually play the game really well and you can get by, but you cannot play the game with God. He sees it all. And that's ongoing repentance. We see repentance is bad. Like we're like, oh goodness, repentance. What in the world? That is such a lofty word. Like repent? What does that even mean? It means this, simply turn from your own ways like you're walking here and just, okay, that was a stupid decision. Aren't the, aren't the, the three hardest words to say of all time? You know what it is? You know what it is? Come on. The three hardest words. I am sorry. I'm sorry. My kids, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, no. Look him in the eyes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, no. No, no. Giselle, you have to look at them. It's like the time, like, like, they're in trouble just for not saying I'm sorry, right? We are so stubborn. We are so stubborn. It's in all of us. 
within all of us. And there is an issue because our first response to somebody else's issue, it's so easy to drive through and see what's wrong with other things and other people. You know, what's so comical is sometimes, you know, when I'm hanging out with people, the very thing that I see in them is the very thing they're complaining about with somebody else, right? And if I'm really honest with myself, the very thing I'm laughing about them complaining about is the very thing I see in me. And Matthew 7 talks about this, and this is where we're going to rest this morning. We're going to find some hope right here. And here's where kind of this whole essence of this judging concept. Have you ever heard, don't judge me? Don't judge me, Christian. Don't judge me, Mom. Don't judge me, Dad. YOLO, don't judge me. Right here, judge not that you be not judged, okay? Right? Judge not, lest you be not, let you be not judged, so the context, yeah, don't judge, but we have to understand there's some variables to that. Because when we think about judging, you want people judging when they're driving on the highway to stay between the lines, correct? You want people judging the distance when they built that bridge of how far every load-bearing point should go, correct? You want someone judging when to take off the plane if you're on it, right? You want them judging where to put the needle in your arm. So you actually do want people judging. And so what we mean, though, is we don't want to be condemned and feel belittled. But God could actually be using people to free us and liberate us. So just throw the whole judgment card out the door for a minute. Like the judgment race, uh, your uh, political party, and, and just, just get that out for a second. Let Jesus kind of communicate his, his idea on this. And I, the idea is ultimately because you've been forgiven, you forgive, Okay. So that's why we don't judge. It's ultimately an issue of forgiveness. It's an issue of how we look at people. Because when we look at people and we really believe we've been forgiven, there's, there's this constant theme that's in your life where you actually are always the one that's gonna lay down your life. It's death, burial, resurrection all week long, all the time. It is kind of sometimes overwhelmingly annoying when you have to constantly forgive somebody if you feel like you are in the right. But that is the beauty of the gospel. That shows the good news at its highest level is when the church was persecuted of how they loved their enemies. Loved their enemies. I had a voicemail from somebody this week that I wanted to use that to teach them in the future. Like, hey, this isn't a healthy voicemail. This has been going on for a long time. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, did I delete your voicemails? And I'm like, yes. Delete theirs. So I was like, okay. I'm like, but I deleted the last six years, you know, or whatever. It was like, delete it. Because God's been working on me to even continue to live this song forgiveness. Check this out. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, you will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? Pause there for a second. <laughs> this, is, this is like 101. This is people skills 101. We come in constantly as problem finders and not solution finders. We're so good at knowing everything that's wrong with everybody else. Because we're examining constantly with people. So our equation is people versus peoples, and that's how we're measuring it. So this person was nice, this person wasn't, this person did good to me, this person didn't do good to me. But ultimately, when we really say, God, search me, it changes the game because God now is the one that is at the seat watching stuff play out. And you don't think 
uh, you're above this, watch how quick I uh, got, got whooped by this this week. I'm downstairs working, um, and my daughter falls on her face. And uh, I got to tell this one out, but my daughter's falling. I'm thinking, I'm like starting to get my blood's boiling. And she falls on her face, and I, I run upstairs, because I hear her crying hysterically. And, and I'm like, what is going on? And, uh, you know, kid fight, push. I'm like, all right, like, get them all riled up. I look at Crystal. I'm like, okay, we're getting off and everything focused, right? She's like, okay, got it. We're, we're killing it. We're dominating. Got this. And, uh, and so, like, about 45 minutes later, all right, bang! One of those, like, scary cries. The scary cries again. Right? I can take the little, like, the normal cry, like the pinch cry or whatever, but, like, the cry that, like, someone hit me with a bat cry, right? Like, and, and the, there's the pause. You know the pause? The pause is like, the, ah! Ah! I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yo, yo, like, for real. So I run upstairs. I'm just like, you're kidding me. What is going on? What, like, what is going on? Like, you're kidding me. What is, the, what is going on? And so I grab, I, I'm putting, putting everyone fine. And because Crystal's got a lot going on. So she's holding babies and stuff. And then I come, and then my first thought is, so I, I look down, I say, Crystal, because we have like this little ledge that you can like look down. I said, Crystal, what is going on? You have to tell the kids what's got to do. And I just start tearing into her. It's <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so so I, no, no one's ever had a moment like this with their uh, spouse, right? And I just start tearing into her and I say, look, Remember, we're, this is the day we're supposed to plan and be proactive, and were you telling them to, to, to go here? And I just start just all these reasons, and I start talking about, well, a week ago I asked you to do this, and you didn't, and it's all this stuff. And then so I go, and I work for the rest of the day, and I come back, and then that narrative continues all the way like we're going to sleep, and I'm still talking about it, and she's silent, and I'm like, why are you silent? Like, we need to talk about this. Uh, you know, this is accountability and, and all this junk, and uh, and she's just shutting down. And, and, and then finally, 1143, I don't know if you guys knew this in text land, but um, 143 is I I love you. And I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember texts like, you know, right? So I remember texts like 143 means I love you. I, four letters, love, you know, four, three, you. Okay, there you go. And I, but I know that, but I didn't know bay. I just found out bay. I thought bay was short for babe. It's not. It's, what is it? Before anyone else. Before anyone else. I thought it was babe, but it's not. So like half the room right now is like, oh, oh. Oh, and so 11.43 hits, and uh, it's kind of like the one four three time, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, love her, pray for her. And I was like, ah, oh, it's 11.43, maybe we should pray. I, you know, I threw that out there, maybe we should pray. And she's like, nah. And, uh, and, and I was like, okay, man. And so I'm feeling this huge conviction. I'm hearing the truth. Hey, this is poor leadership. You're not leading her well. You didn't give her the necessary tools. You, you, are you encouraging her this week? Are you inspiring her? Are you helping, you know, affect the trajectory in a healthy manner? And what are you doing right now? And how does the outcome produce fruit? And I'm like, in that moment, it happens real quick. Because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is, is very subtle and gentle. Um, and he's a gentleman and he's, he's all awesome. And if, you, if this goes unchecked, it, it, you, we just start to become uh, monsters. And, and so uh, I decided when she said she didn't want to pray, I was like, well, there's your bait. There was your chance to be humble right? That was your chance. So I'm out of here for now. I'm just going to go downstairs. I'm going to smash food. And uh, was, Lisa was like, I think I was eating healthy paleo bars or something. It was, so that was kind of my justification. And, uh, and then I'm just really convicted in the bathroom, like, this is the poorest leadership I could display. And so I find her downstairs and, and she, she's, she couldn't really sleep. And she said, I got a headache. And, and obviously I know the headache, the cause of it is just me being, you know, belligerent. And I, uh, and she goes, I just feel like a failure. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing things good enough. And I, man, I was just, I was so checked. And I'm like, 
No, the truth is I'm the failure. I'm the failure because I wasn't leading you to a place of fruit. I noticed your speck when I have a log. The reason I'm feeling this type of weight is because I neglected these areas last week or I didn't follow up with you on this and, and I procrastinated on some things and, and, and I'm sorry and I accept the responsibility and you know what happens? Something supernatural happens when you act like God and you respond the way God wants you to. She just, free as can be, starts crying. We, 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 at this time, it's 1.43 in the morning. We get to pray together. God shows up in a radical way. We feel unity, synergy. She's texting me the next day. I'm texting you. We're talking about all the stuff we're gonna do better and loving each other and out serving each other because it's, guys, it's our responsibility and everyone in this room, first is to deal with our own issues and especially those guys that are in marriage. Come on, guys in marriage is to lay down our life as Christ did for the church and that is a tough pill to swallow sometimes when you, if you're mad about something, but you got to and then what happens is the wives respond to, to Christ to submit in love as they would to the church and so how that happened with onto Jesus. And so that becomes this beautiful, supernatural, um, just miracle that takes place in the moments where there's freedom. And then the I am sorry, which was so hard, it is the thing that leads to life and fruit. And Jesus says, I long to give you life abundantly. And he wants to set us free. And this comes with recognizing the log in your own eye. It starts and ends there, period. It really does. Because once you actually get it out, you'll be so gentle and you'll be like the heart of God. Then you can go and approach gently. Let's see the scripture as it continues. The last part of that. It gently says, and then here's what it says. You hypocrite. This is me. You hypocrite. You idiot. You been, haven't been leading her well. What are you talking about? You're yelling at her. Okay. First take the log out of your own eye and you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Your wife's eye, your friend's eye, your coworker's eye. Guys, this is fundamentally a game changer if we constantly are willing to let the Lord work on us and tend our lives. Intend our lives. See, our response can't be finger pointing. Our response can't be the log. Our response can't be the, the gap. Our response has to be, God, what do you say and there's two fold to this because when you look up at God, you realize, oh my goodness, I'm not acting like you, forgive me. I even felt it the next morning, I was like, what in the world? Like, why was I, why was I just, just bitter about nothing? And I, again, I said, hey, I'm sorry. Like, that was poor. And ultimately, though, I was saying sorry because God was showing me who he is. He isn't like that. And then at the same time, I heard the Holy Spirit say this, forgive yourself. I forgive you. Like, go run. Because the natural thing is to be like, nah, I messed up. I should be down. Like, cool, you messed up. Go in the freedom and the power of Jesus Christ and the authority of the Lord. And so some of you, not only do you just need to get the log out of your own eye and deal with the issues and, and, and man up or woman up, if you will, but, but then, then the next step would say, actually forgive yourself. I, so I think it's, it's actually healthy to feel a little bit of conviction even afterwards. And we think it's condemnation, but there's a difference, okay? Many times we mistake conviction. I want you to hear this. We mistake conviction for condemnation. And condemnation condemns and it doesn't build up. And that's what Satan does. Satan points out the problem. And if there's not a solution, you can best rest assured that, you see, okay? Is he okay? What's up, buddy? Jerome, how you doing? Jerome, that's my son. I'm like, like man. Dude, you okay? All right, there we go. 
And condemnation beats us down, makes us feel like, okay, you, you, you exposed me, great. You're cool, you're cool, Holy Spirit or whatever. You're cool, friend of mine. You told me what's wrong. But here's, here's a good filter, here's the filter. When it's Satan, there is no redemptive purpose. There's no redemptive hope. It's just you, you're horrible, you're a loser. You're a failure. That's, 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 that's Satan. That's, that's when you know. When Satan says, hey, you're not good enough. Look, look the, church, the church doesn't like you. They don't like your kind. Look, you do some funky stuff. People aren't going to like you about that. Like, you're not good enough. That's Satan. That's condemnation. The difference is when Jesus says things like, like look, I see this in your life. I want to tweak you. I want to calibrate you. In fact, Scripture says the Lord disciplines and corrects those he loves. He wants to prune you, John 15 talks about, so that you can bear more fruit in him as you abide in him. So he's like this cutting process and attending to this land. He wants to prune you, but we have to believe in this ongoing process. It's a daily walk, y'all. It's not easy. It's a daily walk, but it's so worth it when you let the Father break your bones. It's so worth it when you let the Father correct you, when you let the real doctor get in to diagnose you. Because the nature of God is conviction that leads to freedom. The nature of Satan is condemnation that leads to death. So know the difference. And you gotta call a weed a weed. You gotta call a spade a spade. Sometimes there's stuff in your life that's just evil and wicked. You gotta run from it. There could be relationships that you look in your life. Mm, I'm listening to music that just isn't the guard of light. And God doesn't want to like stop your shine. Like here's what you can't do. He actually wants to inspire you so that you can, you can be used in a greater capacity. He wants to inspire you so that you can be more free and you can be more liberated and so that you can spend more time with him and that you can abide in him and that you can feel his love. And here's what happens. It hurts so so good oh, because it does and there's an inward truth as we let Jesus in the outward you can fake some people but the inward a lot of us we have to really look at that because here's what happens if we don't deal with this if we don't um, calibrate our life and we don't let the father correct us what happens is uh, we're filled with a life of regret. And it gets harder the older you get. I think the reason they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks because the old dog is so dang stubborn. Got any old dogs in the room today? People that really struggle with, I'm sorry. Maybe it's subtle. You're like, well, I was, I'm, you know, I can just keep this little anger. I can keep this pride. Come on, get the junk out. Let sanctification work, making you more and more into his likeness. More and more into his likeness. And it's to produce fruit. It's to give you things. It's to open up new places to dance and to run. Life is better dancing in Lansing. I'm just going to say that right now, okay? As I was thinking, I want a commercial. I was just totally side note. In my car, I was thinking this week, life is better dancing in Lansing. Sorry. Here you go. I'm going to close with this. It's uh, the prayer, and I want people to respond today in, uh, in your own heart, in your own life. This is really you and God. That's what tending is, and, and hopefully you recognize the importance of relationships in this process and the, uh, the, the, the truth that we need um, uh, good people to be with us because in, 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 in our life, um, our friends have the power to influence. And for some of us, we're influencers and some of us are influenced. 
pretty easy. Some of us are natural born leaders and, and, and some of us are trained leaders and some of us are just really good followers. And so you just follow wherever you're at and it's really hard to develop new patterns. And so that's what the root groups do. So I hope you're gonna sign up for one of those six root groups with the Connect card here shortly. But ultimately, I hope really this is about you and God. And I hope it's that you can, you can find hope in David's life. David's life in Psalm 51. David is a phenomenal musician. He's better than Drake's album that just dropped. He's better than Future. He's better than, I can't remember, those other dudes that are out. He's better than all this kind of stuff out. And he slayed giants in his time, right? Like David and Goliath, remembers that story. He's a king, man of war. And there's a time when kings went out to battle, 2 Samuel talks about. And David stayed home and he makes the mistake of his lifetime where he notices Bathsheba and says, wow, she's super stunning. They end up hanging out and going way too far and then he literally covers up the sin to the point to where her husband dies in battle. They have a kid. The consequences of the kid dies. And David doesn't, I mean, he's been doing everything because once the sin moment happens, right, like the cover-up happened, that happens to, right, like that's the sin pattern. For all of us, we've been there. We mess up and then we try to justify it and rationalize it. And then we're, we're trying to find hope within ourselves and, and make it right. And then, and then they're together. And then the prophet Nathan confronts David and confronts him and tells him about the story of a person. And David's like, wow, that person would deserve to die. And then he goes, David, that's you. He's like, oh my, boom, falls on his face. And he's like, I've sinned against the Lord. How could somebody who's done something so crazy be a person that God talks about as after his own heart? And you know why? Because he wrote stuff like this in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, God, according to your steadfast love. Blot out my transgressions, sins. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions are ever be, and my sin is ever before me. Like that's how we feel when we're not redeemed. Like we constantly feel this, feel this weight of sin. And against you and you only, check this out, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Now, first and foremost, our sin issue and the issues in our life, they're, they're an offense to God. They do offend people. We can sin against people, but ultimately it's an offense to God and that should be enough to just convict us like, what? God, okay, God, God. Against you and you only that have I sinned so that you, and done what is evil in your sight, and check this out, that so that, you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in my iniquity and sin. Did my mother conceive me? Behold, you delight in the truth and an inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me. And then he goes on and he keeps talking about hide your, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Somebody pray that this morning. Create in me a clean heart. Restore to me. Leave not from me. Stay close to me. 
And the beautiful, beautiful part to this is, is, is Psalm 103. Check this out. Psalm 103, David gets to write this too. He gets to write, here's God. God can, so if you think your situation is bad, like you don't have a murder and cover up and all kinds of crap going on. God, God can change you and your, all your issues you've been dealing with, but you got to like come to him. And you got to want to deal with it. And here's what happens in Psalm 103. Bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. For, and he forgives all of your iniquities, and he heals all your diseases, and he redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like that of the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice, and he who made his ways to Moses, he acts to the people of Israel, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us. This is good. Come on. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repays us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards me to those who fear him. And this is, this is where I'm going to end. As far as the east is from the west, and so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father who shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Come on, somebody, that is awesome. God is good. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. The key, though, I'm sorry, God. Come on, let's do, let's do some cleaning this morning, right? Come on, let's just check. Just check yourself for a minute. Just close your eyes and just check where are you at. What is your story this week? I've got way worse stories than um, than me yelling at Crystal Week, and um, and I got I got you know. And God, but every moment He would convict me by His grace that I would realize, oh my goodness, God, I'm accountable to You. I thank You that You are more life than anything. God, I ask that You would create a clean heart in me. And those were the prayers of mine. I pray that today they're the prayers of your, your, your prayers and the prayers of your life. Come on, be free. The subtle things. Hey, quit praying for the person maybe on the left or right of you right now. Just focus on your own log. Someone's like, oh man, I, really, I just hope that by this row is getting the information. I just hope my, I hope my family's hearing this. Look, we start with ourselves and then we go to remove and help somebody else and restore them if you want prayer today and you're just sick of some junk in your life I believe God's supernaturally gonna reach you right where you're at and I believe today is a day of deliverance and a day of freedom and a day of really getting the type of crop that he longs to have in your life by his power and his grace and I want to pray with you You just slip your hand up. I, I want to pray with everyone who's got their hand up. I see hands all over. It's all good. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you got some real issues going on. It's okay. Just keep it up. It's just, I got some real issues, some things in my heart. It could be as subtle as, like, this week I, you know, was disappointed in somebody else, and I really should have had hope in you, God. I mean, really, I think the Lord's checking us on small things right now, but I think he's checking some of us on some big things. He said, get it out. Ask for help. Join a root group. And God, I pray for each person with their hand raised, that their hands aren't raised to me, their hands are raised to you. And you see your kids, just like you saw David who ran to you, and that you healed him, and that you, 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 you continue to redeem his bloodline. You continue to bring Jesus to fruition. That was the mission, and it was all by your steadfast love, according to your holiness and your love. 
And God, according to your love this morning, free your kids, give them power. Free your kids, God. Free them of all the iniquities and all the sin and all the shame and all the junk that's coming into their garden and the hardened soil. God, soften us today so that you can plant what type of things you wanna plant in us that we can think about things that are noble and good and loving and free. Because you are good, God. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for your kids. And thank you, Jesus, that you've made each person here um, unique and they have purpose, they have hope, and that they are going to be used by you and your love because that is, that is love that is so foreign to the day-to-day. Thank you, God. Help us do something great for your kingdom in this city to love people, to go after places that are, look really rough and people that look really lo- rough, but even the people that hide it really well and it's really rough on the inside, help us go to all of them and love everybody to your glory. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.